because it's not really about me. It's not about me. I'm here to speak for him, but he's here. It's about him. It's about what he's doing in the earth. It's about what he's doing over you and over the region and what he's getting ready to do in this nation and the nations. Don't be discouraged about what you see, but we have to make sure we're walking with the Lord while he's doing things because we don't always understand why things have to go a certain way. If we had it our way, it would be a perfect United States of America. Everybody would be in church on Sunday morning. We'd have picnics at the park. <laughs> the sun would shine. It would only rain when we needed it to on our farms. And we'd hang around with our family and we'd go to church and we'd go to work and everything would be great. And that's, that's nice, but that's not the world we live in. We don't live in that world right now. We haven't lived in that world. And I think now people are finally seeing that's not the world we live in. Now, God wants us to have peace. He wants us to gather with our families. He wants us to have joy. So I'm not saying we can't do all that. What I'm saying, though, that's not all this is about. This is about God is after people's souls. Lives are on the line. Hell is on the move, but God is on the move. And we win. And God wins. So it's very important that we keep our focus on that. And um, I'm building something that I started yesterday with you, with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to give a little recap as I go through to get to where I, we are next. Because we're going to be talking about prayer and warfare today. And, you know, some of you think, well, I'm not called to pray in warfare. But you are called to pray in war. You should be praying. Jesus prayed all night long. And then still went around doing what he was doing. He is our primary example of how we are to be. And he was a prayer warrior. He was. Even though he was resurrecting to be the son of God. He was already the son of God, but he's the resurrected king after he died. He was a prayer warrior. He prayed to his father. He talked to his father every day. And God wants you to talk to him and pray to him. And he wants you to pray about what's going on in your communities, what's going on in the nation, what's going on in the state. Now, when before I even came here, the Lord spoke to me that the winds of the Spirit were moving. And he said to me, the winds of my Holy Spirit are blowing. And so I know this is a windy region. I know that it's normal to be windy here. But it was extremely windy when we were coming. And I just knew that God himself was coming here. It, he wasn't coming for me. It's not because I'm coming. He is just demonstrating to me in the natural the things he says. Okay? Amen. That's what he's doing. He uses the natural. Now, is this on? Let me see. Do I have it on? No. It's off. There we go. Very good. Ah. <laughs> now, one of the things that God has been speaking to me prophetically this year and uh, is that I, he's just been saying, I am come down. He's actually been speaking that to me over a period of a couple of years. 
And he's had me focusing on, uh, he's had me focus on Moses. Now, I know other prophets, specifically Chuck Pierce has said that we're in a Passover decade. What does that mean? Well, it, it means that God is moving in the earth in a different way. And so to understand what God is saying when prophets say things, we need to go back to the word and look at what is the Passover. We know we just had Passover. We know that Jesus died on the cross, shed his life and bought back the world, bought back every soul that's ever been born or will be born. And we also know what happened in Moses' time. That was prophetic, even what happened in Moses' time. That they had to take the blood of the lamb, which was a prophetic picture of what was coming, and put it on the doorpost while the destroying spirit came so he could set his people free. And that is a prophetic word for our lives and for the whole world, that Jesus' blood, the lamb, without blemish, was sacrificed on our behalf. But what does it mean to, have a, to be in a Passover decade? That means we're coming out of something. We're shifting. And one of the things I've taught over the years is that when God is shifting times and seasons in the earth, he raises up the prophets to announce what he's doing so that his body of Christ can be in alignment with what he's doing. That's why God raises up the prophets. God raised up Moses to go and tell Israel, it's time to come out of Egypt. It's time to come out from this place. God's intention was never for Israel, for his people to stay in Egypt. That's a prophetic picture. It was never God's intention for us to stay in Egypt in the world. It was God's intention for us to come to him and get saved. So we are saved. So what does that mean then still that we have a Passover decade? It means that God is moving in a new way to bring us out of somewhere into something different. Now, the thing that I love about prophets, well, and because I love prophets, I am a prophet to the Lord. You know that prophets go through more fire and trial than anybody else I know. And it's just because you're going to be God's spokesman. We're all God's spokesmen. But it's really powerful that God loves to tell his prophets what he's doing. And I'll tell you what, I like to listen. I feel very privileged that I get the, to ask him those questions. And he, pre he predetermines that, I guess he predetermined that I would be one of those people that would say, I want to know, Lord, I want to know. I've shared with you that was my first speaking in tongues when I got born again was want to know, want to know, want to know, because I do want to know. And so when God be, had began speaking about the Passover decade, he, he had already been telling me, look at the Exodus story. I want you to know this is where we're going. Now, we're in a decade. This is 10 years. A decade is 10 years. And, you know, when you read the Bible, you could read through the book of Exodus, and I don't know how long it would take you to do it. But that's not how long it actually took for all those things to come to pass. You know, we can read maybe 5, 10 chapters and meditate with the Lord, and that takes an hour or two. And we think that's how fast it happened. <laughs> Well, G Moses came, he did all this stuff, and it's all over, but it's a process. 
You see, we're in a process right now of God shaking nations and shaking this nation. Amen. That's what it is. Because God has decided, and he'd already predetermined this, that it's time now for us to come out of Egypt again. What does that mean? We're coming out into what God's promised us. We're coming out to demonstrate his power. The whole reason that God put Israel in Egypt was because he brought Joseph there to save nations because he was shaking nations and judging principalities and powers during that time that Joseph was there. And God used Egypt to feed nations while he was shaking the earth. But he'd already promised Abraham they were going to go to a different land later. That's very important. So Israel had been for 400 years in Egypt. You see, God's already promised us we're going to come out of Egypt. We're going to come into what God has for us. Lots, we have a lot of promises. We have a lot of prophetic words. And it looks like right now we're going to go into prison with our nation, with socialism. Yeah, that's what it looks like right now. But is that really what God is saying to us? Now, I'm going to say this to you. Had Moses not obeyed God and did what God was trying to do and what he'd ordained to do in that season, Israel would not have come out. If he didn't obey God, maybe God would have raised up someone else. We could say maybe this and maybe that. But my point is, we have to find out what we're supposed to be doing in this time in the earth. Okay? you got to find out who you are in this time in the earth. Moses had to find out who he was. He had to find out what he was supposed to do. Now, after Joseph was long, God, Pharaoh forgot, it says in the word, who Joseph was and how he saved Egypt and saved nations. He made Egypt very wealthy. He did. But you see, God was, that was only a transition thing. It was not the permanent home. Now, we know our permanent home is with the Lord. You know, some people say, my permanent home is heaven. It is, but I got to tell you something. If you haven't finished reading, he's actually bringing the holy city here. So we're going to be here. Okay? You're coming back here again. Yes, that's what it says. The city came down. Now, we can get into all kinds of talking about what that means. But in this Passover decade, we're coming out of something. Okay? We've been in bondage. We've been in prison, and I don't think we've realized how much we've been in prison, and the church has been in prison, and the earth, to compare to what we thought things were. Our perception has to shift. So it's very important we understand that. So in looking at the Passover, Moses had to go tell God's people, it's time to come out. And then God also had decided it was time for him to shake Egypt, shake those no-gods, and I refuse to call them gods. I never say gods because they're not. They never were. They were angels who they tried to manifest as a god, and they're not a god. Those no-gods, God wanted to judge them. But he wanted to use his people to do their part in the earth. That's what he did. 
He, he could have just called on creation and did it all by himself, but he did not. He chose to use a man and God's people. Now, I'm telling you, this is where we are today. God is saying, I'm calling you to get up. I'm going to use you. And you're coming out of Egypt. Now, you're coming out of Egypt personally. But we're coming out of Egypt corporately. Because the church has been in bondage, as far as I'm concerned, for quite some time now. I mean, we, if Jesus is the Lord and God is all-powerful, where is the church? I'm telling you, where is the church? There have been things that the church doesn't realize that the enemy has used to stop the church from demonstrating God's glory and power. If you are his representative, you're an ambassador, and you're called to demonstrate that you love and worship a powerful God. Not, not just a guy that is in the Bible, and once in a while we talk about him, and once in a while he does nice things, and he'll do a miracle for you. No, no. We have a mindset in the body of Christ. This is God in heaven, creator of the universe, a loving God, powerful. The enemy can't stand before him. Now, so Israel was called to go live in Israel, Palestine area. That was God promised them that land. And so he had to teach Israel you do what you do on the earth, I'll deal with that up there, and I will bring you out. And do you know why God did that? He wanted Israel to be an example to the nations of the earth so that the nations of the earth would come back to God because it was only so many years after the flood that all this happened where these nations went off again and started following those no-gods. And God said, I'm going to raise up a people who's going to show that I am God, those are not gods, and that I love them, I want them back with me, and I have a plan for their lives, and I want to bless them. That's why God chose Israel. That's why he chooses us. So the Passover decade, what is that? God wants to use you. Say me. me. Louder. Me. Louder. Me. me. God wants to use me. You see, when you get saved, God heals you. He delivers you. He restores you. He restores what the enemy took from you. But now, we, we serve him. We love him. We're in the kingdom now. We're not just in church. We're in a kingdom. And a kingdom that's advancing. And now he wants to use you in some way. And I'll tell you one thing. Everyone can pray. No matter who you are, no matter where you are with the Lord, you need to pray. Did you pray for the nation this morning? How many of you prayed for the nation this morning? You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you really prayed for the nation today? 
Mm. This, are we in trouble? <laughs> but I will say this. God is not surprised by what is happening. God is not surprised by this. This is all part of what he's doing. You see, we've been too comfortable. We didn't pay attention to people who were running for office, even in our own communities, our cities. We didn't pay attention to our school board. We didn't pay attention to the curriculum that they're buying for our children. We didn't pay attention that they want to kill babies, and we're too busy doing what we're doing, and we're not watching that they're making laws so they can kill babies. It shed blood. Innocent babies. Just like Pharaoh was killing babies. I did some historical study, and it turns out that the Pharaoh in those days, it wasn't just that they were killing the babies. The Pharaoh had this disease on his skin, and he wanted to bathe in the blood of babies to heal his skin. So some of those babies were done, killed because Pharaoh wanted healing. It's no different today. They're using those babies for all kinds of things. And that blood cries out to God. You know, blood has a voice. When Cain killed Abel, he said, your brother's voice is crying out to me. The blood has a voice. So Passover. Now, there were magicians and sorcerers and priests in Egypt that worshipped the no-gods. That's what they did. And they would seek the no-gods counsel. They would seek the no-gods and pray to these no-gods on behalf of Pharaoh and for Egypt. That's what they did. Well, I'm telling you today, we have magicians and sorcerers today, and it's a different way. What does that mean? That's any kind of rebellion and any kind of way of making power for yourself or gaining power for yourself outside of the will of God. Whether it's witchcraft, witchcraft is as rebellion. When, when Saul rebelled against God, God called it witchcraft. You see, there are people that think they are God. They think they're becoming gods. People that are part of what we call the power brokers of the earth, they think they are God. They're becoming gods because science has been able to do some things. So they said, we're becoming gods. They even declared recently that they think they know how to have eternal life now. And I laughed. I said, okay, Lord, now they're really getting funny. So what does that have to do with the, pa the Passover decade? You see, those people have been controlling the earth and the nations. And God is waking up his people to realize those magicians and sorcerers are nothing compared to God today and the power of prayer and what God's desire and purpose in the earth is. Now, why is God wanting us to bring us out? He wants to bring many people out. He's bringing a move of God in the earth. You know, it's not just going to show up from one city only. And I don't want to dishonor what was said about a move of God over Tulsa. That's not what I'm saying. I believe that because God spoke to me. My wind is blowing through this region. I believe that. But it's not just only in one location or one region. 
God is moving over the earth. He's going to affect nations. What he's doing will shift nations. What he's saying, he's saying it to the nations. He says, ask of me the nations. Now, the Passover, he's bringing us out of something. We think that we're praying to save our nation, but we're praying to come out of a captivity. We've been here in this nation for some time. And it's coming out. I remember 10 years ago, I started prophesying awakening and, and reformation. And because when you see what reformation is, is when you see that what you're doing is not right. First, according to the word, you have to change. You have to reform your ways because you had an awakening. You've, you're waking up. See, we're in awakening. Awakening's not coming. We're in awakening. We're waking up. We're waking up. We're waking up. We're in awakening more than we ever have been now. And so this Passover decade, we're coming out of something. We're coming out of the control of the magicians and the sorcerers and the pharaohs. Mm. So that we can accomplish what God desires for this last, greatest, biggest, in time harvest that the world has ever seen. This isn't a revival. That's for the church. And the church needs revival. Don't get me wrong. This is harvest. This is harvest. Even what happened in Israel with Joseph. Nations came. Nations knew the story about what Joseph said. You hear what I'm saying to you? Nations knew that the Lord God himself had used Egypt to save nations and to shake the heavens. Yes. And today it's the same thing. God is going to speak to the nations. And they're in the valley of decision, including this nation. That's what this Passover decade is. He's making his name great in the earth again. You see, God wanted Israel to rise up, which they did. He wanted them to demonstrate his love for the nations. His great power against those no gods who were no contest. That's what he wanted. That's where we're at right now. You see, these principalities are still here. They're afraid of you figuring this out. They're afraid for you to realize what God is doing. Because he's going to shake it again. And he's bringing us out. And we're going to defeat the magicians and the sorcerers. We're already defeating the magicians and the sorcerers. And showing that our God is God. Our God is great. That's what God is doing with you. He's bringing you out to show others that he is God. And to bless you. So that's what the Passover decade is. God has the nations in the balance right now. And America lost her way. America has been controlled by the pharaohs and the magicians and the sorcerers for quite over a hundred years. 
We think we're praying to save the nation, but we're praying to come out of captivity. Okay? We've been in captivity. You know, you can get into all the funny stories, the secret societies, the global elite, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call it, and it's all the truth. It's all that, okay? Who cares? Yes, they did all this. They're doing all that, and they're still trying. But where is the church? What is God saying to us? He's saying, I will use you to defeat the magicians and the sorcerers. I will use you to rise up. I will use you to be a demonstration to nations that I am God. And again, I still love my people, and I want the nations to see that I still am alive and I'm alive and well. I still move in power. Yes, I do. He does. Do you believe it? That's what the Passover decade is. We're coming out. Now, we talked about in August that eclipse that crossed right over America. And that's when I started asking the Lord about, well, what is that? And he said to me, go look to the Exodus. And, of course, I looked at all these scriptures about in the last days, this is going to happen, and all this about eclipses. And he said, forget all that right now. That's not where we're at. So I'm going to forget about that. <laughs> but I just wanted to show you there are scriptures that say that. And, yes, it is a declaration about the sign of the times. But it's not a declaration that, that it's over. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. You see, Israel wasn't done yet either. Because the nations, when the nations heard what happened in Israel, they were in great fear. And you know who was in fear? It was these spirits, these no-gods that had these people following after them. That's who's in fear. Guess who's in fear today? Those same spirits with the different names they use. They're afraid of you waking up and believing in the Lord and his great name and who he is and what he's doing and figuring out that we're not to just sit around and see what God's going to do. Now it's shaking and now we're at war with Ukraine and Russia. Let me guarantee you, God isn't surprised by all of this. You see, Moses had to get up and do all these things. And God brought all those plagues and all those signs to judge those spirits. But Moses had to do what he was supposed to do first. And Aaron and God's people. I don't believe they just sat in their houses and went, well, let's see what's going to happen next. No. Do you think they were praying? How many of you think they were praying? How many of you think they were crying out to God? Well, they probably were working for the Pharaoh for a while until all the hail came and trashed the fields and killed all their, their cattle and everything else that happened. They didn't have a job anymore. And the insects came and ate everything, but not in Goshen. Not in Goshen. Hear what I'm saying to you. Not in Goshen. You know, now they're saying there's going to be a global famine. Really? 
Really? Really? Let me say something to you. If you haven't figured out that somebody's engineering it, then you really are in trouble. That's not God bringing famine in the earth. That's people who think they are God trying to make us think that that's coming. So what do we do? That's the question. What are we going to do about it? You're going to war. I'll tell you a few stories, which I've told before some others. But I want you to see that in Exodus 9, because Moses did what God said, and I believe the people of God did what they were supposed to do. The magicians could not stand before Moses and Aaron anymore. They had sores all over their body. From all the plagues and everything that was going on, they lost everything they owned. Because God will not be mocked. And this is the kingdom age. And we have left the church age. And we're now into a different time in the Lord. You see, that's what happened in Moses' time. There was a time they were in Egypt. There was a time Joseph came and did what he did. And there was a time for God's people to multiply into a great army. And that's why Pharaoh made them slaves. He was afraid of them. You see, that's what's happening today. These elite, they want to make you slaves. They're afraid of you. You know what they're afraid of? They pray in church. I've read their books. They're afraid of the praying church rising up. They're afraid of you realizing God wants to use you to do signs and wonders and miracles. They're afraid. They are very afraid. And I say, be afraid. Because God's people are rising up. Yes. And I say, now I'm mad. What I know now, whatever God wants me to do, I'm going to do. And I've been doing it for a long time now. And we've seen the Lord crush them. Yes, behind the scenes, let me tell you. Because we're coming out of Egypt. But you see, God is waking up everybody now. And you have a place in this. So you need to war. Because it wasn't just about Moses and Aaron. It was about the, all the body of Christ. It was about Israel. It was about his people. Demonstrating that we have a loving God who's not going to put up with these fake gods. That he loves people. He doesn't require blood because Jesus already did it all for us. We don't have to think if you had to come and slay a lamb. We're still doing that. I am so grateful for what God has done by sending Jesus to us. And the enemy has no power or authority now to stop what God is doing. He has powers. But do you know God left the enemy here? Do you know why he did? To train you. Yes, yes, this is the truth. God left the enemy in the earth to train his people. That's the truth. When Israel finally did make it to the promised land and he told them to tear down all the altars of Baal and all those no-gods and they didn't, 
He said, now I'm going to leave some of them to test and train Israel. Because they didn't finish the job, so he figured, well, they need some more testing and training. You see, God has allowed the enemy to be here, not because he's more powerful, and not because it's a contest. There is no contest. God has allowed him to be here so that his people will realize who he is. That's what the Passover decade is. You see, God will protect his people through the shakings that are coming. That's what this Passover decade is declaring. Darkness, locusts, all of it. The blood. The blood on the doorposts. God was executing judgments against the no-gods. And we are in a time right now where God is judging these spirits in the earth again now. Through his people. Because he's decided this. So he wants us to come into alignment. The last one was the firstborn. Which God was declaring to them, you will ha not have a son that will rise up. He was coming against the bloodline of those who would follow the no gods. Because they refused. The final plague that caused Pharaoh to let them go. Because we're crossing over. And what happened at the end? They plundered the Egyptians. They plundered the wealth of the Egyptians, which honestly, you know why God allowed them to do that? Not just so they can plunder. That wealth had been determined for those who love God. And because they became slaves and they worked for the Egyptians, the wealth that these Egyptians had was really stolen from God's people. And I'm telling you, coming out from under these structures... There will be a transference of wealth because they have been plundering us. They have been capturing our wealth. They've been controlling all of it. That's why that's the season of the camels. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Before I came here, and tonight I'm going to talk about this very thing that happened in Indiana because it was so powerful what the Lord did in Indiana. And it's powerful what the Lord is doing here. I shared yesterday how I knew that God's foot just came down in my house during that time when he was speaking to me about understanding Exodus and that eclipse coming over America. And it was a declaration of what's to come. And it was a declaration of God that I'm coming to help my church. The times and the seasons are changing. You know, the, the stars... The planets, the eclipses, all those things were set in Genesis, it says, for times and seasons for us. So when things like that happened, we need to go to God and say, what are you saying to us? What are you declaring to us? The heavens are declaring the glory of God, is the first thing that he'll tell you. The, the heavens are declaring what God is saying. We were in an I.N. decade last, the last 10 years. And in the heavens, there was a galaxy, galaxy that was an eye. Because the I.N. decade in Hebrew is a picture of an eye. And it meant that God's eye was on us. And the heavens were declaring that God's eye was on us because there was an eye in heaven. Yes, 
And I've shown that picture here. Because the heavens are saying the glory of God is coming and his eye is upon us. His eye was upon Egypt. His eye is upon the nation. His eye is upon the nations. His eye is over the earth. Now, he's always watching over, but now is a different time. You know, they named that galaxy. It was called the Helix Nebula. They called it the eye of God. What else could they call it? Yeah. Even those people had to call it the eye of God. Because it was. And now we're in the pate decade, the decade of the mouth. Because God's going to use your mouth. You see, Moses and Aaron came and said, Thus says the Lord, this is what I'm going to do next. Let my people go or else. While they were praying, and because every time Moses said it, the creation was positioned and the creation moved on God's behalf because you are God's ambassadors. He's waiting for you to use your mouth. Yeah, it's a good time to shout because he's coming down. You see, by the time that they got to the Red Sea, they didn't know what they were going to do. But God told Moses to put his hand, his staff over the water. But Psalm 77, we read it yesterday, and I'm not going to say it all because we're going to move forward. God came down. And actually in Exodus 3.8, it says, I have come down to see what's going on here. You see, God has come down. He has come down. I am, he told me, I am come down. That's what happened to my room. He came down in my office when I was praying. And I fell on the floor and I couldn't get up for hours. I didn't even want to lift my foot up. My, I mean my face up. I knew his foot was in there. I don't know how to explain it to you. And he said, I am come down. I haven't forgotten about the nations. I haven't forgotten about America. I haven't forgotten about your city, your family. I haven't forgotten anything. I am come down to see. And I am come down to move. He came down to see it in the beginning. And he kept coming down. And it says in Psalms 77 that he came down. But Israel didn't see him. They didn't even see his footprints because there was no footprints. In the actual parting of the Red Sea, though it says the waters saw you and they fled. That's what it says in Psalm 77. The waters saw God, and it, they got up and got out of the way. That's what it says. You can look it up, because I'm not going to read all of that today. But I'm going to tell you that part, because that's where we are today. You see the creation? It knows. It sees. It's waiting for the sons of God to be revealed, that we co-labor with him. And he came down, but they didn't see his footprints. He went before Israel. I'm not talking about the pillar because he had that as a sign for them so they could see it with their eyes. He went before them and they didn't even know. It says his footprints were not known. And he led his people by Moses and Aaron, it says. 
because he came down. And he came down, and he's come down. He came here today. He's in here all the time. Now, I'm, I'm not saying God's not in here. He is in your temple. He dwells in your temple. But there's times when God's manifest presence comes down to accomplish what he's desired to do in the earth. But he won't do it without you. He could have did all that without Moses and Aaron. He could have done it stuff with De without Deborah. He could have done it without Elijah. He could have done it without all kinds of people, but he doesn't do it that way. And then the New Testament. He didn't do it all without his apostles. He does it through his people. You see, you may not see it, but in your life right now, God says, I am come down. You may not see it, but I am come down. And this is the time that he is saying, I am come down. And he's saying, wake up, my people. Wake up. Wake up to what I'm doing. There are things he's doing you don't know. And guess what? He wants to tell you. He wants to tell you his secrets. He wants you to pray. Because he has come down. He's never left the earth. <laughs> this is his footstool. His feet are supposed to be down here. Amen. He says, the earth is my footstool. Over and over in the word. See, you have to know the word. You have to know the word. That's why I always say, live in the word of God. Now, we're going to talk about what's happening in our nation. Because I feel like God's telling me I have to tell you some things. Now, we have had all kinds of warnings. Well, we're not going to have supplies now because of this war, which is being engineered. We're not going to have food because of the rain, which is engineered. Well, you say, well, what can we do about it? You can pray. Amen. I'm telling you now, you can pray. You can call down the rain. Now, last year, we looked at this map, my group and I, because we've been praying about these things for a long time. And that whole side of the United States that's colored, that's the drought map. The red is where the severest drought is. And you can see Oklahoma has some of that over there. Yes, I know. And it's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. And it's not just because I'm guessing or hoping. I'm telling you. The rain is going to come. I'm going to say, rain, come here now. You see, the earth is waiting for your voice also. James 5 says, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Doesn't say just Elijah. It talked about what Elijah did. You see, Elijah knew it was the ungodly Baal worship. That was, they were believing that was causing the rain not to come. But actually, he called it and said, there will be no rain except at my word. His word. A man's word to show Israel, stop following the no gods. 
Stop following the bales. And then we know what happened. He called down the rain. Yes, this is for every Christian to pray. I've been practicing for a long time. It works. <laughs> it works. And yes, prophets can do certain things, but I'm telling you, God's people need to pray because we are to stop the unrighteous scientific manipulation, which is witchcraft, that they're using against you in the nation to change weather patterns. See, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And all you have to do is tell the creation, come into God's alignment. I call the rain down. God wants my farm to have rain. God wants my cattle to have rain. God wants the rain to fall. I don't care what they're doing. That's witchcraft. That's the magicians and the sorcerers. I want you to get a picture here. <coughs> Excuse me. Just a little phlegm in my throat. Since last year, that whole thing was red. And we started warring again. And now it's just partially. And California, the center of California, you can see that right up the center, the valley where 80% of the produce of the nation comes from. Okay? This is not rocket science. <laughs> it's simple wisdom. Pray. Start praying. Start praying. When they say this is coming, you say, no, it is not coming. Do you understand me? Because God does not desire to do this. And some are saying, and I'm going to say this, there are prophets who are saying, oh, famine is coming over the whole world. And I've said, no. That is not what God has said. God has said this is a Passover decade. God is saying my people need to get up and start praying. And start warning. Not just a few of us. Okay? No. This is the army of the Lord movement in the earth. Now I want to take a bunny trail here for a minute. About Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a gun. Okay? I believe it's shaped like a gun. And I believe Oklahoma is a power of prayer. And I know that because I was with John Benefil for many, many years. And the prayer networks. And I'm still with Cindy Jacobs. I'm still gathering with the prophets, all that, and we're praying. But I'm telling you, you can shift this. You can shift it. Say, I can shift this. Say, I can. Say, I will. Whenever I hear what the devil is doing, I say, I will. I'm coming, devil. Now I'm mad. Say it. Louder. Now I'm mad. That's right. Say it. I'm mad now. That's right. That's right. We can change it. This false hypocritical Baal worshiping government structure. <laughs> do you know that they do witchcraft? All their secret societies and we can get into all the do's and don'ts that they do and who cares about all that? We need to keep it simple. And I know all that because I had to learn it all so I could come against it. Because that is what I do for the Lord. 
but it doesn't matter which one it is. It doesn't matter which no God they have. It doesn't matter what society it is. It doesn't matter how high it is because our God is greater. And I've seen it with my eyes. I went to the highest Buddhist temple in the world because I found out the elite, one of their greatest occult structures to give them power is Buddhism. In fact, when Hillary Clinton was running against President Trump, the Dalai Lama planted vases in every state in the nation, but I didn't know it until after. And the Lord told me, you go to Mount Kailash. You go to the root of Hinduism and Buddhism, which we'd already been to the root of Hinduism and Buddhism. But Mount Kailash is where Shiva lives. He, that's Shiva's over Hinduism. And that's where Buddha lived. And the Lord said, you go to the high place. So my husband and I went. But first he said, you first have to go to the Joe Kong Temple in Lhasa. And we went and prayed. And I was told not to go there. I was told that's dangerous. People that had prayed there before said, I couldn't go in there. I got sick. This and that. And the Lord told me, you go in there. And you declare the word of the Lord. Now, I did it very quietly so they didn't throw me out. Because the devil can hear very good with my voice. While they're all doing their stuff. <laughs> yeah. Demonic meditation to demons. So we prayed and did everything, and we did all kinds of things. And there were so many things that God did. Shook the Himalayan mountains. Knocked down 80% of the Hindu temples in Nepal. Now, come on. Okay? Only God can do that. You know why? He's showing the Hindus. I am God. Okay? That's why. That's it. It's not about, ooh, I prayed and this happened. No. God is showing who he is. And it's not going to just be me, people. Say, it's me. Well, and then the Joe Kong Temple. I was in Washington, D.C., and I was at the State Department. I had been invited to go to Sam Brownback's meeting, and we went there to pray for some various things. And, well, the Dalai Lama's representatives were there almost a year later. It was a year later, actually. And... They were crying out because Sen Senator Brownback had become Ambassador Brownback for religious freedom under President Trump. And so they were there to beg the United States to help them to get Tibet back. It was the Tibetan New Year that day. And guess what? The Joe Kong Temple, the highest Buddhist temple in the world, was burning down to the ground. Okay? When I was told not to go there. Now, again, I'm telling you, this is not because I'm something great. I'm telling you, I believe. You need to believe. You need to believe that you're going to change the weather. You need to believe that you're going to change your, your, your county, your, your nation, your, your governors. You need to believe the Lord. Because I'm telling you, I am a forerunner for what is coming. And my job is to raise up the army of the Lord movement in the earth, and that would be you. Yeah, I'm not here because I want money. I'm not here because I want you to hear me talk. I'm here because if I can do it, you can do it. And you're going to do it. 
or I'm going to come back and yell at you. Because I am nobody special except I love him and I seek him. And he is shaking the nations. You see, those people in Nepal, it was the Christians in Nepal, not the government, not the Hindus or Buddhists who helped Nepal. It was the Christians who rose up. And they're scared. They were afraid. Why didn't Shiva or Buddha help us? Why is Buddha's temple burning down to the ground? And it burned down to the ground. I'm not just talking getting on fire. I'm telling you, and they, they hid the videos because they didn't want anybody to know, but I have the videos. Because my God is God. Our God is God. Our God is the only God. And we have left one, we're leaving, have left one season of time into another. Now I'm going to give you a little shot here about how do we know that. When it was time for Israel to come out of captivity, when Jeremiah was a prophet and he was declaring to Israel, you're getting a big spanking because you wouldn't deal with the no gods, you followed him. And you got yourself in trouble. You see, the United States has done this. We have been with the no gods. We didn't care. We didn't do what we were supposed to do, and we're getting a spanking, okay? We're getting a spanking. And we need a little butt tanning. Yeah. The church needs to be woke up. God did not want us to sit around and wait for him to come and do it all. That was never the plan. That was also a strategy of the global elite to deceive the church and get involved in church eschatology, believe it or not. Mm. But you didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Key leaders, global leaders, many years ago started getting involved with denominations and Bible translations. <gasps> no. And began helping people figure out this is what's going to happen. You just need to hide under the pews and we're gonna, God's going to come get you out of this mess. You know why they did that? Because they knew if you were praying, they couldn't have what they wanted. The enemy knows. Think about that. So yes, the church had some wrong eschatology. It's not time today to teach about it. But this is what God is saying to you. Rise up, army of God. Rise up, end-time warriors. You see, Daniel knew what time it was. Because Daniel looked at prophetic words and what the prophet said, and he read what it said that Jeremiah wrote down, that in 70 years, I'm going to let you go back to your land. And then Daniel also interpreted the king of Babylon's dream, which cracks me up, because, see, this is a Babylon system we're dealing with. And it was a Babylon system that they were dealing with. But he knew, God told Daniel that different nations and civilizations in that whole system would rise up and that God's people would not rule the earth. That's called the, the season of the Gentiles. That king had a dream. That king of Babylon had a dream and God was telling him, this is what's going to happen to you guys if you don't come to me. Okay? 
and all the coming generations. That's what that dream is all about. And those nations rose up. Babylon was defeated by Persia, just as Daniel prophesied. Greek was now getting ready to defeat Persia, and they were at war, by the way. When Daniel was still alive, an old man who'd been, because he was a young man when he had been captured in Babylon, and he refused to compromise. He had an excellent spirit. So he kept demonstrating even to the magicians and the sorcerers. He is God. See? Even in that, Daniel rose above all of them. So Daniel prayed and cried out to God and found out it was 70 years. And there was a battle that was going on because the Greeks were coming against the Persians in the natural. And there was a war. And God had already told Daniel, the Greeks are going to come after the Persians. Which they did. But that's not what Daniel was crying out about. He was crying about his people. He was crying out, when are we coming out? And he saw that Jeremiah had said 70 years, so he cried out. He stood in the gap and repented for his nation, for his people. You see, we need to stand in the gap and repent for the church. We need to repent for messing up. We need to repent that we didn't see what God was doing. We need to repent that we followed the no gods. We need to repent that we have mix in the church. And so we don't have any power to demonstrate that they're not real. And that's our own fault. Yeah. Well, and I was one of those. Remember I told you I was a drug dealer. Oh, my gosh. Yes, but I repented. But we can repent for our nation. And when you do that, you see, you're stripping the legal document the enemy has. Just like when you come to Jesus and you repent for what you've done, it tears up that legal ground. And the blood of Jesus cleanses you of all unrighteousness. But we have to use our mouth and repent, don't we? And say, I believe in Jesus. What do we have to use? Our mouth. Say, my mouth. mouth. You got to use your mouth. We need to repent. Lord, I wasn't paying attention to what was going on in Oklahoma. I wasn't paying attention to what was going on in Washington, D.C., Hello. I didn't realize these people were trying to kill me. Yeah, they're trying to kill you. I didn't know. So Daniel repented for what his fathers did that got him into that mess, even though it was time to come out. You think, why would he repent if they're coming out? And he knows it's time. He recognizes it's time. I'm here to tell you, it's time. It's time. It's time now for the church to rise up. It's time now for us to cry out to God. It's time now to stop being mamby-pamby Christians. It's time now to come out from under this captivity where we don't pray, we don't war, and we don't take back our weather, and we don't take back the nation, and we're not taking back the lost. It's time. God will go before you and do exponential things like he's done for me and actually he didn't do it for me I was along for the ride he did it through me but he did it for himself he wants to show the nations I am 
God. I am come down. He wants you to use your mouth. He wants you to pray. He doesn't want you to give up. It's hopeless. It's too much. Yes, it's a lot. They had a lot of gods in Egypt. They had a lot of bondage. They were controlled in every dimension of their life. And God judged every dimension of the life in Egypt. He judged their economy. He judged their wealth, their provision, their, their agriculture. He judged it all. That's what's coming. That's what's here now. You're a part of it. You're to pray. You're to cry out for what's going on with this ridiculous fake government. <laughs> Sorry. Okay? These people are taking orders. Okay? You just need to know that. And I don't care if somebody wants to throw me in jail because I'm talking this way from the pulpit. I don't care. Because I can pray just as powerful in jail. Sorry. Better run if I start praying. That's what you need to say. You better run. Say it. You better run. Because I'm still going to pray. You know, we went to India, and they were in a drought, and we went to this region, and they had no rain there. And I just, oh, God, my heart ached for them. And they barely had food, and we went there, and I just said, Lord, and the Lord said, just, just call it down. And so we called for the rain. I'm telling you what, the wind came, blew through the church doors, blew all the shutters open, and the rain poured down. I'll tell you what, God is moving. Amen. He's moving. He cares about those people in India. He wanted to show them. You see, I'm God. They fell on their faces to him. And that, but I told him, get up, get up now. That's good, but get up and now you call down the rain. You call down the rain. Say it. I'll call down the rain. That's right. We're going to call down the rain today. Gosh, when I went to... Gwen's place. She's one of the people in my group, and she's from La Mesa, Texas. They hadn't had rain. In fact, the clouds would go up to her area in the panhandle, go around her region, and then go. And I said, mm -mm -mm, that's some kind of witchcraft. That is the magicians and the sorcerers. Yeah, that's because we need to break that. That's why we're going to call it down. Well, and this is hilarious because the church was packed out Little church, but it was packed out, and people got up and left when I started saying that. But the next day, this is hilarious, it rained so bad that the water was this high in the streets because God wanted them to see how much he loved them and that who cares what these magicians and sorcerers think they can do, okay? Yes, there's COVID, there's vaccinations, there's all these things. We're not going to get into a debate. That's pharmacia witchcraft. That COVID is an engineered thing. It's not a plague from God. It wasn't God. Start praying. It will have no power. Start shutting it down. Speak to their blood. Speak over COVID and say, you can't do that in Jesus' name. Wake up, church. And every infirmity. In fact, I speak to infirmity today. I say, get out of these bodies. Get out of the bodies. We command you to leave in the mighty name of Jesus because he came down. 
You see, I'm telling you really what happens is the, the infirmity, it runs. That's what it should be doing. The water saw God and fled. Stand up. You see, Daniel, when Daniel saw what time it was, he warred. Because there was a physical war going on between Greece and Persia, which Daniel was now Persia. But it was God's time for Israel to come out. So the angels came and they helped. And I'm telling you, the war with Russia and the Ukraine is very similar to what was happening in Daniel's time. It's not what you think. Because what's happening in the natural is a picture of what's happening in the spirit. And I know from a source that those that are corrupt in these structures, both in Ukraine and Russia, are calling for all the witches and warlocks to come and help them, the pagans and the shamans. And there's a battle going on over there in both the heavenly realm and the spiritual realm. I can guarantee you that the Persians were doing all their witchcraft. And I can guarantee you the Greeks were doing all their witchcraft. See, we don't want to say that. But that's who they worship. Okay? If you're not with God, you're with the devil. That's it. There is no in between. But what happened? Daniel. Their witchcraft had no power. They couldn't stop because Daniel took his place. Used his what? His mouth. And redeclared what God had said. Stood in the gap. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Army of the Lord. Say, I'm the army of the Lord. Right, you are the army of the Lord. You don't need somebody to tell you that. Jesus prayed all night long. Now, why wouldn't you be praying? If Jesus can do it, you darn well better be doing it. That's right. If he needs to, if he thought he needed to, then we need to. He had to pray. He had to go get before the Father. He had to consult. Now, he knew a lot of things because he was the Son of God, but he still prayed. He was an example. And he always said, oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> Time for us to have that faith. Time for the army of the Lord because I am come down. He has come down. He is right in our midst. So, Father, right now I pray, just like in Daniel's time, Lord, what you're doing over the earth. We thank you that we have left one season of time, and we've come into a new era in you, Lord. In this decade of, of pay, Lord, you will use our mouth. You will use the body of Christ. You will use your people, God. And I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit over every person in this place today, Lord. The power of the Holy Spirit for awakening for their mindsets to be shifted, for the blinders to be removed, for them to be able to break through in the heavens and hear what you're saying, Lord. I pray that over every single person here, Lord, no matter what they're called to do for you. We all can hear God. We all can read the word. We all can pray. Besides what else God has said for us to do. We all are called to war. And Lord, I ask for that anointing of warfare over them. 
that anointing of intercession and passion and prayer and power. Faith to believe that they can't stop my God's reign. And those temples they're building are going to burn down in my territory. And all those Hindu temples are going to come crashing down. And those people in government who are lying and worshiping these no-gods behind the scenes secretly. (laughs) Yeah. Their power is going to get stripped because of their prayers. And Lord, I ask for that anointing over them. Lord, I ask you to give them that same anointing and warfare that I have. Give it to them, Lord. Give it to them, Lord. Give it to them, Lord. Give it to them. Give it to them. Release it. Release it, Lord. Release it. Release it. Because this is the tipping point here. This is the turning. Because God has come down. He's always in us. He's always with us. He's in the earth. But his manifest presence has come in, in a new way now to shift the nation and the nations. And even this war, and even what they're saying is coming, that, oh, yeah, we don't need God anymore. We don't need Jesus anymore. We don't need religion from the Middle East because we are gods. Well, I say to them today, Lord, watch out because the army of the Lord is arising. The army of the Lord is arising. Yeah, you can look it up. His name is Yuval Noah Harari. He works for the World Economic Forum, and he is declaring, we're going to get rid of all these useless people. He said, we're going to remember that COVID was the time of everything shifting and a new era in the earth. Well, you're darn right. It is a new era in the earth. And he's saying, we don't need Jesus anymore. And he's saying everything's going to be governed under the skin. And yeah, they want to put DNA in you. Oh, yes, they want to do all this. Even if they did give it to you, God will take it back out. No matter what they do, God is all-powerful. And no one can compare to him. And he lives inside of you. Do you hear what I'm saying? And he said, we can, we can make eternal life for ourselves. And I laughed. And he said, and we are becoming gods. And I said, well, then I'm coming after you. Because <coughs> you are no God. Yeah, and they said, no more free will. Now, the Bible says there will be sheep nations and goat nations. It never said there'd be a one world order. How about that? Do you hear what I just said? How can there be sheep nations if there's an antichrist that's taken over the whole world? I'm telling you, we're going to have a power encounter when that comes up. Yeah, guaranteed all the prophets. God is raising his prophets for that. You see, God didn't raise up prophets just to go into churches and say, I'm a prophet. God raised up his prophets to demonstrate his great name. And to get his people back to him. That's what Samuel did. He said, come back to the Lord, and he'll help you. And they went to war, and they won the battles against the Philistines. That's why God sends the prophets. You hear what I'm saying? That's why I'm here. You are an army to be reckoned with. Pick up your sword and hold it up right now. Pick it up. 
Gerald's going to get his sword. Pick it up and raise it high. Put your armor on every day and say, now I'm going to do battle. You've got a sword, and it's prayer. The most powerful weapon is the power of the Holy Spirit in you. The power of prayer out of your mouth is the most powerful weapon in the world. And Jesus gave it to you, and we poo-poo it. Well, thank you, Lord, for today. No! No, that's not all it is. No. And it's our prayer that tells the enemy, you will not get America. You will not get Oklahoma. And you can't shut up my reign. And you can't bring a famine. And oh, they're going to try. We're going to have some contests. See, Gerald, Gerald's already ready with the sword. Get ready. This decade is just like Moses. They're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And they're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And guess who's going to win? We are. Yes. This is the decade you're in. God has decided it's time to challenge the no gods. And I'm like, let's go. I'm ready to go. Say, I'm ready. Hallelujah. I thank you now, Lord, for all of these and for your mighty power over all their lives. I believe you got them ready for this day, for such a time as this. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> now, what time is it? Is it? Yeah. Here's what we'll do. Tonight, you should come back if you want prayer. Because I brought two other prophets with me. Yeah. <laughs> They're just as awesome as I am. No. <laughs> I want to correct something I said yesterday, just being funny. Because Gerald asked me, do you want the podium down here or do you want it there? And I said, oh, no, I want it up there. And I said, it's because I like to look down on all of you. <laughs> but I said that because I'm a little short. And I like to be able to look out over everyone, not because I want to look down on you. So forgive me saying it that way. I want to clarify. You are forgiven. <laughs> well, because it's probably recorded, and I said, oh, gosh, that doesn't sound right, does it? Does it? But honestly, I like looking at God's people because you don't realize who you are, but he does, and how powerful you are, how loved you are by him, how blessed you are by him. You know, all the things you've gone through, he's been getting you ready for this moment. You were born for this time. You were created for this moment. And it's going to be an army of us, not just a few on the pedestal. Sorry. I just don't like that. It's not going to be that way. And those who have paid the price and who come to share and been given the honor of sharing, I'm not dishonoring that. But what I'm saying to you, it's not just a few who are going to take down the enemy. It's an army. And you will be used by God. So we'll prophesy over you tonight after I share, if you would like a prophetic word. Those that already had a prophetic word can wait. Be, I mean, can not, that, we don't want you to come back again. We want those who have not received a prophetic word from the Lord to, to get a word. So, no, no double dipping. Yeah, no dipping. <laughs> well, and I don't blame you. It, you know, it's fun to get a prophetic word. Even I like, to, I like prophetic words. I mean, I want God to speak to me just as much as you do through someone who doesn't know. You know, but that's not what this is all about. You know, this isn't what it's about. Yes, that's right. It's not about only about that. It's about you. 
are the army. You are the kingdom. We're in a new era, just like Daniel. It's time for something different. Now, they came out, and the Gentile nations ruled. We're coming out because it's kingdom age. It's time for us to rule and reign. And we're going to make the enemy a footstool for his feet. That is what the word says. Earth is his footstool, but it says, he told Jesus, sit, say, say to my Lord, sit at my feet until I make your enemies a footstool. Now, why is Jesus sitting while I make your enemies? Who's going to make the enemies his footstool? You. You are. I want that footstool to be finished. <laughs> and I can't do it all, and I'm not supposed to do it all. Amen? So we'll see you at 6 tonight. And I guess they're going to come up here again. So I'm going to get out of their way. Bless you, and we'll see you later. Come on, let's bless the Lord. Did, did she not freely give? Listen, it's a privilege for me to sow into her ministry. I'm blessing the Lord. We're sowing into her ministry. So we give her all the proceeds. So just ask the Lord what to do. Just obey the Lord. Come on, it's not time to get quiet now. We're not going to take the offering with a gun. Anybody ready to give? That's two. Okay, we have a word to give to the church here in a minute. Listen, 